Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the nerds the midweek news show by the formula nerds for the next 30 minutes or so we'll cover the main news headlines from the past week and again despite being january it's not been an overly quiet one i have a team of three to help me work through everything now contrary to rumors that have been setting the internet alight i can confirm that he did not go full piers morgan and storm off last week he's just a bit ill we're pleased to welcome back our main man in charge of hot takes bridge how are you doing pal all recovered yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm still a bit ill, but I'm I'm getting there now. Yeah, COVID COVID's a rough it. deal. It's a rough deal. I feel like that has made the news. That's not the kind of news we cover. But <laughs> people how are, are talking about that. Yeah, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, Abby, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited to have Bridge back and have the team of four back again. It's good. Yeah, definitely. As much as we appreciated Ollie's presence last week, and it's always nice to have him on. It's uh you know, there's no one quite like Bridge, is there? Just wasn't the same, was it? Just wasn't the same. No, just wasn't. And Grace, of course. How are you, Grace? Hi. Um, how are you? I'm glad that you're back, Bridge. Glad that I have someone to spar with. I think I think it was yesterday we found some one thing we agreed on about Nikita Mazepin. That's the only thing I think we've ever agreed on so far. So yeah, glad to have you back. And I'm excited to get through all this news. Just before we jump into the, the main headlines. We'll quickly run through the official launch dates that we've got so far from the teams for the new cars this season. So it's broken that Aston Martin will be, at least as things stand, the first to unveil their, or at least as much as they want to show us of, their new car 
on the 10th of February, the AMR22, which is, I think all we know so far is that it will have a bit of lime on it instead of pink. And then we have the McLaren MCL36 on the next day, on the 11th of February. Now, this is going to be a four-way launch. Now, uh, Abby, do you want to tell us about that? So, we have, obviously, the Formula One car for McLaren being launched, but we also have the Extreme E, the Indy car, and the eSports car for McLaren as well, which, as a McLaren fan, I am very excited about and will definitely be tuning in to see them. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to see them in Extreme E, I think. Uh, another big name joining that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then we have the Ferrari on the 17th of February, uh, which we'll have some heartbreaking news on regarding Shades of Red later. Stay tuned for that. And on the 18th of February, it is the Mercedes W13, which will be a digital launch with the, the car on track, which I think is how they've done it in recent years. Speaking of McLaren, we have uh, we had a, an interesting interview with Zach Brown this week. So he, he covered a lot of topics. The first one we'll break down was the, the latest on next year's sprint races. Zach has said that there are basically the, the big teams, or he didn't name who, but some of the big teams are holding out because last year there was an agreement, uh, a, a bit of extra money basically for the, uh, for the teams where they had to do the sprint races. They've been trying to plan for next year and the plan was obviously to do six sprint races. But the big teams were trying to take advantage of this by pushing for a larger than necessary increase in the budget cap, says Brown. Now, what do we think? Whose side are we taking? I'm, I'm all for them just to go, to be honest with you. I... <laughs> It's just another excuse to introduce more money into the sport, and we don't need that because you know we've we've seen in the past that the teams with the biggest budgets ultimately win the most races, which has been you know Formula One's blueprint since it started. So you know is is it's a nice spectacle, I guess, for for a fan. You get to see two races instead of one. But logistically, for teams, I there's just no point for me. You know, you're getting a measly three points. Which of of course it made a big difference this year, um, but moving forward, yeah, I just don't see the hype around it. Yeah, I mean, I think we've covered sprint races. I think we're we're all pretty much on the same page. Uh, I still think, yeah, maybe tracks with different layouts that could be an interesting way of doing it. But yeah, I'm the same. I I wouldn't be overly fussed if they reached an impasse with this and then had to scrap them for next year, at least until they figure out a better plan of how to do it. Abby, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think the sprint races are more about the spectacle for the fans and making the weekend longer and having more time to focus on it. But like you said, for the teams in that, is it that really big of a deal? Yeah, I'm not sure on that. I think, I think I've said it in a previous podcast, I just think it's a way for F1 and all the owners to line their pockets. And I think especially with the cost caps on teams, I think it's completely unfair that they are having to spend less money providing cars for more races like six extra races or three if you look at half laps and then also you're cutting their amount of spending whilst increasing your earnings I just think it's ridiculous and I'm not a massive fan so I'll be glad to see them go yeah so according to Brown it was a $5 million budget cap increase that the big teams or a couple of the big teams and one team in particular, he said, are asking for, which he said was just ridiculous. Uh, Considering the budget cap is just over $100 million 
That is what? So an extra 20% for what? A, an extra third on six races. Do the maths. Yeah, maybe it's a bit much. His main complaint was to go on then to say that it was, again, the big teams using their affiliated teams to buy votes and that the structure should change, which I, I think I agree with. I know that in debating about Mercedes and Hamilton and Massey and everything, I saw the the Sky guys talking about it and saying about the, the tail wagging the dog in that the F1 teams have too much power over what happens in the sport, which isn't the case in any other sport. It should just be they get handed what they have to do. They don't get such a say in it, especially now that yeah, Red Bull has Alpha Tauri and uh, Mercedes have Williams, Aston Martin, whoever, Ferrari have Haas or Alpha. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's it, For me, you know, if, if every team had an affiliate team, you know, had a, had a little brother team, as I like to call it, you know, it, it would be, you know, kind of fair. But yeah, we need we need a more diverse grid of everyone trying to beat everyone instead of, you know, people having kind of back back alley deals with each other. You know, it, it, that doesn't need to happen in our sport. And you're absolutely right about the um, about all the all the stuff that gets passed around. You know, the, the amount of power that these these guys have is is unseen in every other sport. Um, and I, I wrote a tweet the other day that, you know, people, certain teams forget that they are not bigger than Formula One. They are competing in Formula One. You know, Formula One doesn't owe them anything. So that's, I think teams need to go back to kind of that philosophy that they're not bigger than Formula One. Yeah, definitely. I think we can all agree on that. Um, so Brown also went on to say, uh, or went on to discuss the events in Abu Dhabi. Abby, do you want to tell us about that? He did. And speaking of things being a spectacle for TV, Brown said that the events of Abu Dhabi were probably good for TV with Toto Wolff and Christian Horner lobbying for Massey to make a decision in their favour. But with the investigation being underway, Brown said he has a lot of confidence in the FAA to resolve the controversy. But it did feel a bit like a pantomime audition. He felt it was a bit like a pantomime audition. What do you guys think of that? Who's Widow Cranky? Definitely Gunther, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so not only about Abu Dhabi, but with Lewis Hamilton as well. Brown thinks that he wouldn't be shocked if Lewis retired, which is speculation at the moment whether Lewis will return to F1. But he does believe that Lewis has a burning desire to race and that will ultimately drive his decision. Now, I'm a Lewis fan. I don't want him to retire. I know, James, you're a Lewis fan as well. Bridge and Grace, you guys preferred Max in the title fight. Do you want to see Lewis retire? Do you think he could retire after Abu Dhabi? I want to see Lewis back. And I said this in an article I wrote and I said, well, I titled it, Are Lewis Hamilton Fans Sore Losers? But as I went on to explain, they're not. And I feel bad and I hope that he comes back stronger and better than ever. So as a Max fan, I want to see him have the best competition there is. So of course I want him back. And also, he is the greatest of all time. So yeah, he needs to be whoa, back. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> let's, 
Let's call. He's not the great. He's not the greatest full time, and we'll have that argument St- another day. Statistically, Grace. greatest of all time. Okay, I'll stipulate most successful. That. I'll stipulate that most successful. Oh, okay, that's ever. that's one for it. We've got too much news to cover this this week, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's too much. I'm interested to hear Bridges' absolute definitive, definitely not. But we'll save that for another week. Maybe next week. We'll save. We'll, that we'll wait for, for a quiet news week. Yeah, we'll save that for a quiet. Uh, and news Grace, week. how was the uh, the internet reaction to your article out of interest? Oh my god, it was the funniest thing I've ever read. I love people for getting so passionate about it, but um, yeah, it was interesting. I remember um, someone else who, you know Sam, if any of you listeners know Sam from the other podcast, he set a timer for when the article went live so he could go and check the comments. So Now, with the investigation into the events of Abu Dhabi, the verdict will be announced before FP1 in Bahrain, which is where the second lot of testing is supposed to happen this year. Now, in Bahrain, the testing will be open to fans and people can go and watch. But the FIA have apparently asked the teams not to reveal their official liveries in Barcelona, but to reveal them in front of a crowd on camera in Bahrain. Now, I know that on our site today, someone wrote an article I think it was Grace that said, does this prove that Barcelona is not as important in testing than Bahrain? What do you guys think? Do you think Bahrain testing is more important? I think the Bahrain testing is more for the fans. It's more for like hyping up the crowd a little bit. You know, this is what we've got. This is what, you know, this is what we've been working on. Um, Obviously we had a couple of years ago, we had the controversy when, um, the racing point car came out and it was exactly the same as Mercedes car the year before. Um, and I think that's kind of, that's where, you know, you get Netflix, you get Netflix in there, you get, you get the cameras in there. That Bahrain is for the fans, but Spain is where the drivers and the cars can properly be developed and they can properly be looked at by the teams and for them to actually make decisions about it going into next year. So do you think there should always be two big testing events, one for the fans, one for real scientific and driver development? Or do you think it's just going to happen for a few years and then cut down to maybe one testing weekend? No, I think so. I think so. I think that would be... Because, you know, they're not they're not really allowed to touch it during the winter break. So, And if, if people want to see the cars go as fast as they possibly can, which ultimately is what F1 is all about, um, they've got to give them time to do that. You know, and if if the Netflix cameras are getting in the way every, every every day, it's kind of hard to do something secretive and really pull out an advantage. So so yeah, I I think two is a good way to go. Yeah, I mean they they historically went with Spain because I mean logistically it's just an easy place for everyone to get to when they're you know, trying to minimise travelling and the build up to the season. And it was always quite a good representation overall. You know, they always say if it's a fast car around uh, Catalonia, it's a fast car around the whole year, and I don't know. I find this whole thing a bit weird. The the not real liveries and I think they're just trying to build up hype. But I th- I've seen people mentioning that Bahrain kind of paid for some extra, you know, to make sure they get the the big reveals. I don't know. if I think it's just a rumour. I don't think there's been anything concrete about that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, would you? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but I'm not going to go on record saying it because I haven't seen anything definitive. Um I don't. Th- I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't think they need the hype. I think it was good having all the coverage that we had in the last couple of years. Certainly last year, where there was full sky coverage and we were there for the eight hours. And it was almost like listening to a really long podcast. I think as fans, that was great. 
where a few years ago we had basically nothing. It was just text updates. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think it needs the hype, personally. Do you know what I think? They're just trying to overhype everything now. Like I'll go into a lot more depth in a later podcast because I've got it all prepared. But do you not think with all the media attention, Netflix, Liberty Media now, that they're just trying to overhype everything, overhype the season, overhype even testing, saying you can't run real liveries, real colours, and we want it all for Bahrain, just to build up excitement. When F1's an exciting sport, I don't think you need to build up that excitement. There's a car literally breaking the laws of physics nearly, and... Yeah, you don't need the added excitement. I mean, I think it's mainly for the new people that have come in. You know, they've watched the Drive to Survive Netflix series and now, you know, they're starting to build their interest a little bit and people at F1 and the FIA and all these big sponsors, they've realised, you know, Formula One's got a new influx of fans from out of nowhere and they need to keep them entertained. They need to try and at least keep up with the likes of football, basketball, you know, all these big sports have very similar things. So you need to... They need to do their best, really, to keep up with it. And I think that's really the only reason. So, obviously, speaking of uh, Bahrain and testing and, and liveries and all that jazz, Ferrari have, well, there's rumours at least, that Ferrari will announce two cars. The first uh, in, in uh, Spain will be uh, more like their older one, so more like last year's car in colour, at least. Um, while the final livery, as said by Grace and by Abby, uh, will be different in Bahrain and will be much more old-fashioned, a darker colour, which I love, by the way. I love that older-looking Ferrari. Very similar to the Tuscan Grand Prix, if you can cast your memory back that far. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of an example of what we're going to see over the next kind of few weeks from all the teams, I'm guessing. Are they both going to be red? That's the main question. Of course they are. They're all going to oh, be Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> I actually... I liked the idea of the the Tuscan red more than the end product. Personally, I feel like it went a bit too kind of brown. Like I loved the the proper nineties like scarlet shiny red with the gold wheels. That was like peak Ferrari for me. Uh, and I hope they bring that back rather than. I mean, last year's was just a really really bad effort. The, I mean, the, it, yeah, like it wasn't much, the phasing was from the red to the to the burgundy or whatever they called it. But yeah, it looked but, like it had been done on Microsoft Paint. Yeah. Other <laughs> photo editing software. Is I available. mean, they've got, they've got to come out with something special because it's going to be the first car to cross the first uh, finish line in Abu Dhabi. And so it's, you know, it's going to be at the front of the yeah. field the entire year. Race. So it's got to be, yeah. it's got to be. Charles going to win every race, looking, right, Bridge? Yeah. Yeah. Every race, every race. And if not, Carlos will be there to deliver. It'll be there. It'll be there in the back. Obviously. Of Ferrari Sorry. are going to do well this season, obviously. They're going to win, aren't they, Bridge? Yes, absolutely. Isn't Carlos going to win the Drivers' Championships? Because obviously he had his rookie year in Ferrari and beat Charles, so maybe he'll win. Look, we'll get into that another point. We haven't got enough time, honestly. We haven't got enough time for all my hot takes in this episode. <laughs> I've missed you. I need to beef with you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Look, think... we've got we've got months of, of, of hot takes to come, all right? So don't worry. Don't worry. I think we just need whole podcast episodes of Bridge giving his opinion going against Grace. I think we just need a whole podcast about that. I'll take everyone on. Don't you worry about that. Ten rounds in the ring, Bridge versus Grace. <laughs> you two can be the like the the sign people. Oh, cool! Cheers. <laughs> 
that would be great on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone will see it. What did you guys think about the Ferrari livery like nearly 10 years ago? Was that good? It's been pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah, surprise. It's been, I mean, other than the, the absence of a Santander logo, it's been pretty much the same. Anyway, going off topic. Fernando and Fernando's back and he's at Alpine. Who thinks Alpine can win next year? Because Alpine's boss says they're trying to. I think they could give it a good go. I don't think they would win by any means. But they can give it their best shot. You think win a race or just win maybe a few podiums? They say hope for the win of the championship. We'll get some win race wins and we'll get some more podiums. And they've had a race win and a podium the past season. So no one's saying they can't. Bridge has basically been shaking his head this entire time he's been talking. <laughs> I mean, Haas could give it a go. They gave it a go this year of winning, <laughs> you know. But I, honestly, I don't think they're going to do half as good now without Alan Prost. I think that was a major loss for them. Um, obviously, if you've read the reports, it was mutual. It was a mutual departure. Um, but the way they handled, Alpine handled the departure wasn't in Alan's best interest. Obviously, James, you wrote an article about this, so maybe you can shed a bit more light onto it. Yeah, well, it seems that there was an agreement they were going to announce it together and then it leaked early, was what uh, Alan was particularly unhappy with. But it seems like that it had been festering for a while. He didn't get on with Laurent Rossi, the CEO. There was an agreement that he was going to become director, I think it was, under Renault. And then Cyril was sadly put to the put to pasture. <laughs> And yeah, kind of, yeah, went back onto the back burner. And Alan has been talking again today, saying that he thinks that they have problems with their power unit. There's not, obviously not a lot of details to that, but I don't see why he would lie about that. Do you think all of this could be because Alpine are focused on getting big sponsorships, big people working for them and getting their partnerships on track? Because Otmar has obviously left Aston Martin and there's many rumours that he's going to go to Alpine. That hasn't been confirmed yet. But there's also reports that BWT are going to go with him to Alpine because they've left the Aston Martin partnership and they've said they're going to stay in Formula One as a sponsor of the whole sport. But there's massive reports that if Otmar moves, they'll move with him. And they've also signed with Kappa. They've got so many new sponsorships coming along. Do you think they're more focused on the money, the sponsorships, than the actual engines and their ex-world champions that they need to protect? I mean, probably. Probably. They're, you know, F1, F1's nothing without the money at this point. Um, and I think that's 50% of teams... You know, responsibility is securing enough money to actually compete for a world championship, which Alpine won't, Abby. They will not compete this year for a championship. <laughs> well, technically, every team's competing for it. Yeah, okay. Just, All right. Some are like not very successful. Yeah, okay. Every every Man, team. I, I almost want them to win now, just so I can play that back. <laughs> That'd be great. I will eat my Eleven words. Months. 11 months time we will be playing that to you on repeat <laughs> look i will i will take it i will take i'll put both my hands up and admit i was wrong but you know if the great alan prost is going is saying that you know they've got engine issues already 
you know, reliability. They've, you know, Alpine have been pretty reliable this year. I don't think they've had many disqualifications or any uh, major breakdowns. But then again, they haven't exactly been at the front apart from one race in Hungary. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think losing Alan Prost was a, was a massive, massive loss for them. Um, but yeah, hope, hopefully we can see a few more cars, you know, in that third and fourth place battle. And I think maybe Alpine might be able to get there this year. Do you know what? I think the engine rumours could just be Alan Prost spitting his dummy out. And I'm not saying this in a horrible way because I love Alan Prost. He's one of my favourite drivers of all time. Prefer him over Senna. Yes, that's beefy. I know. We'll move past that. Another but... podcast. Oh Bridges my God, Bridges face. face. Just like morphed into shock right now when you said that. I love Senna. Don't get me wrong, but I love Alan Prost more. Anyway, moving on. Do you think he's just gone? Well, they haven't ended it the way I wanted to, so let's spread some rumours. Not saying he would, because he's not an 18-year-old girl, but you never know. I don't think so. I don't I don't know. I think he's bigger than that. I mean, he doesn't seem like the petty type, particularly, personally. Bridge is, I mean, I'm crying. Not, I'm not point. even going to start. I'm not going to start. I'm not. Just... Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. What's Let's... your next topic, Grace? Well, it actually goes in with Otmar because obviously Otmar's left Aston Martin. Who's going to fill in for him? So I'm going to say his first name. Who wants to say his second name? Because I'm not saying them together. So Aston Martin's new team principal is called Mike. And Crack. his second name, yes. So he's come in and... I didn't really know his name. This is, sounds bad, but I didn't know who he was at all. Turns out he's been with BMW when they were in the sport and when Vettel used to drive as a, like a test driver for them. So he's worked quite closely with Vettel and he said he's really excited to again, which just warms my heart. It should warm every F1 fan's heart because everyone loves Sebastian Vettel. He's worked in at BMW Motorsport for so many years and I think he worked for Porsche beforehand. So I just... I do think he's he's the right man for the job and I think Aston Martin have pulled a blinder getting him on board. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think Otmar had been there a long time uh, through what Racing Point Force India and he'd always done a good job. It seemed like he didn't maybe gel particularly with Lawrence Stroll's way of working from quite different approaches, it seems, or well, they have quite different approaches. So yeah, maybe I mean this will be maybe a a better fit. Obviously, last year didn't go very well for Aston. I think they were hoping to be up in like competing for best of the rest and ended up seventh. So yeah, potentially. Yeah, so I was like you, Grace. I didn't really know who he was, but with his experience in F one and that, I think I think he could do things with Aston, and hopefully we can see them doing better than they did last year and finishing higher up in the field. But only time will tell. Imagine if Alpines work so hard to get all this Aston Martin personnel because they haven't just got Otmar, if he does go, they've gotten a lot of the senior engineers. But Mike comes in, I'm not going to say a second name, Mike comes in and he just he gets Aston Martin to top four, top five. That would be a good burn. So we'll round out our, uh, our headlines, our, our many headlines from today, uh, with news from Formula E. Uh, their new safety car has just been revealed, the Porsche Taycan. 
What do you guys think of that? Just looked at it and wow, that is one sexy car. It is a sexy car. Um, obviously, our other podcast host, Ollie, he's, uh, he's had the pleasure, I think, of driving in a, in a Porsche Taycan over Christmas. Ollie, if you're listening. I now. Yeah, I mean, where was our invite? I mean, come on. Yeah, right. Where's ours? Um, but obviously, the other big headline is that Formula E could be heading to India uh, as soon as 2022, 2023. Uh, it won't be at the old F1 track that uh, has been beloved by Sebastian Vettel. He, they Formula One last race there in 2013, and Seb had, you know, lots of nice words to say about that track. Um, but hopefully, you know, we'll we'll see more motor racing back in India. I think. Formula E is a great vehicle, great pun, not intended. It's a great vehicle for getting exciting events and especially motorsport events back into places like India, more into unknown tracks because I don't really remember the India F1 track that much. So it'll be exciting to see races in places I don't really remember races being held. And I think especially electric vehicles is a great way to do it because it's more sustainable. I think the Indian Grand Prix, when it existed, I think it was, what, four years, five years maybe, it seemed to have a really a passionate fan base. It seemed like so excited for everyone to be there. So, yeah, hopefully that it will be a, a similar level, a similar atmosphere for Formula E and then generally motor racing can expand there. Yeah, I agree. I don't remember, um, like Grace said, the Indian Grand Prix track and that, but I think it would be good to get Formula E there and exciting for fans as well. And on that bombshell, uh, that is it. That is all the headlines. I'm very impressed we fit that all in. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show, guys. Um, a couple of very special announcements just before we wrap up today. There is some very special podcast interviews coming up, um, which a few of us will be involved in. Uh, so make sure... You click that little bell icon in uh, in Spotify or whatever platform you listen to. Make sure you stick around these next couple of weeks because it's going to be very, very exciting. Uh, but other than that, that is us done for today. So thank you very much for joining me, guys. That is, you know, that's my comeback episode right there. That's brilliant. Oh, it, was, it was a great effort. Good job. <laughs> what a comeback, mate. <laughs> don't call it a comeback. Yeah, don't call it a comeback yet. But yeah, thank you very much for joining us and we will see you again next time. Network.